Hey there, Growlers fans. Another edition of Growler Talk. We are nearing the end of the first half of the season when two of the eight playoff spots in the Northwoods League will be determined, and the Growlers are in the midst of a playoff race. I'm Lucas Moore. Sitting next to me is Brian McLaughlin. Brian, another good week for the Kalamazoo Growlers. Five and two since our last podcast. They ended with an 11-game winning streak that ended on Sunday. Now back-to-back losses to end the week. So a little bit of a sour note to end the week. But still, when you look back at how these last seven days went, this Growlers team went 5-2, and two, broke a franchise record for a winning streak. They're two wins away with nine left in the half to breaking the franchise record for most wins in a single half. It's all been positives for Kalamazoo. Yeah, this was a really good week, that winning streak. Had to come to an end at some time, as they all do. But I look especially at this offensive group this week. They hit 295 as a team, upping that average. Hit five home runs as a team. The power and the offense really started to emerge over this last week, I think. And from a lot of different places throughout this lineup, it was not just kind of Nico Cavada as it had been earlier on, but this depth really started to show for this team this past week. And while they're kind of hitting what's going to be a tough stretch here on this road trip and some talented teams they're playing against. I think this team is prepared to go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league. Yeah, in Madison, they proved that with those, that split against the Mallards. They were almost the better team, I think, in that series. Just got really unfortunate on Sunday. Lost that one 6-4, to but a big-time 10-5 to win over Madison. That was the statement win, I think, of this entire week. That was the, we are as good as Madison, we can play with Madison, and we are going to prove it. And that's exactly what they did with a six-run, six-inning. That was just such an impressive victory. It really was. I mean, that whole series was so much fun to watch between two great ball clubs. And that game for the Growlers especially was an emergence of, we just won our 11th straight ball game, and now it's time to show it with the top teams in this division. So I think that they really came to play in that ball game, expecting to win against the Mallards, knowing they could go right with them throughout that entire ball game, which was so much fun to watch them play so well together, put up some big runs on the board, and play one of their most complete ball games. And then on Sunday, down two runs, runners on first and third, nobody out. And then they line out. Sam Crail does into a double play. One of the more unfortunate plays. If that ball sneaks down the line, I mean, we could be talking about a team that is tied for first place or in sole possession of first place in the South. Instead, they are two games back. Let's go ahead and update you on the standings, those loyal listeners to our podcast. These are available at NorthwoodsLeague.com. But in the South Division, with nine games left, July 3rd is the end of the first half. Madison Mallards at 21-6, and six, two games up on your 19-8 Kalamazoo Growlers. The Fond du Lac Dock Spiners at 16-10. They're four and a half back of the Mallards. Then you have the Rockford Rivets at 15-12. Six games back with nine games left. That's just, I don't think that's a realistic amount of games for Rockford to overcome Madison in this first half. Same Wisconsin Rapids Raptors, seven and a half games back. They are almost eliminated are the Wisconsin Rapids Raptors from the first half title, which is unfortunate for Greg Noto and that Raptors team. They have won the last four halves in the South Division. It will not be a fifth straight for Wisconsin Rapids. I imagine it's going to be Madison, Kalamazoo, or maybe Fond du Lac. Four and a half with nine's been, that's, that's rough. I don't think it could happen, but it's something that very well is in the cards for the Doc Spiders. 
but I think it's Kalamazoo and Madison as the team race. Teams that have been officially eliminated from a first-half title, the Battle Creek Bombers, the Lakeshore Chinooks, the Green Bay Bullfrogs, the Kenosha Kingfish, and the Wisconsin Woodchucks, all those teams below 500 and over nine games back with nine games left in this first half. But Madison-Kalamazoo, it looks like a two-team race. Fond du Lac sitting just behind in third. Still three games left between Kalamazoo and Fond du Lac down the stretch here. One more here in Fond du Lac where we're recording this podcast. And then two back at Homer Stryker Field the end of June into July. Those are going to be some massive series. And the Growlers, a little bit tougher schedule maybe than the Mallards down the stretch here. Madison doesn't have quite the same tests that this Kalamazoo Growlers team does. But just another chance to prove it for Kalamazoo down the stretch here against teams like Rockford, Fond du Lac, and the Wisconsin Rapids. So it's going to be a tough stretch, but definitely winnable ball games on all, most on the road. This team, 295 over the past week, pitching struggled a bit. 3.48 ERA. That was really the negative. Growlers didn't get many good starts this week. Jack Nelson, a guy who's been so consistent, he struggled. Kyle Verbitsky had a solid start, but again, not his best. It just felt like either they weren't giving their best or you had a couple of starts that just went haywire. Tommy Vale, Sam Weatherly giving up back-to-back -back home runs. It just wasn't the best that the pitching staff had to offer over this past week. It wasn't the best that they had to offer. I think that there were definitely some bright moments throughout the pitching staff. The bullpen had some effective outings, but the pitching staff after carrying the offense through the first couple weeks of the season had a bit of a drop-off, but that's to be expected, I think, at certain points throughout the year. But it doesn't mean they're not talented. They're still very capable of putting up great performances. And the pitching depth right now is running a little thin. And so we saw Jason Sullivan on the mound last night trying to save some of that, some of that depth. Derek Carr going a couple innings out of the bullpen. So I think that this next week is really going to test that depth, and they would love to get a deep outing from one of these starters in the next few games. Connor Adams will make the start tonight against Fond du Lac. This being recorded on Tuesday, good old Tuesday, June 26, 2018. What a date June 26 is. In terms of players of the week, let's talk about it. There's a lot of guys in contention because this team, as you said, 295 with five home runs, averaging six and a half runs per game over this five and two stretch. I'm going to give my player of the week award to Zach Daniels, and that's more than just his hitting, although his hitting has been incredible. It's not just a 381 average, which pops off the page over the last week. It's that the man is slugging 714 over his last week and a 536 on base percentage. I mean, if you do the math, that's over a 1,200 OPS, which is an incredible statistic for Zach Daniels over this last week. Had a home run, hit two triples, five RBIs. Oh, and get this, he proved that he is a center fielder that is capable of playing at any level of baseball with his performances in the field. Honestly, saving a game against Green Bay with three diving catches in that game, most of those stealing runs, also stole a run against the Madison Mallards on a diving play. The man was incredible this week. He's my player of the week, Brian. I'm going to go with Sam Crail for mine, a guy who also had a really good week at the plate, led the team in average, hitting over 500 over his last week at the plate on base percentage. At 583, and he slugged over 500 as well. And he also showed off the arm in the outfield, throwing out a runner at the plate with his first outfield assist. Had only one extra base hit in a double, but he also stole three bags, really showed up at the plate, and could be a major presence either at the top or the middle of this order. And we mentioned if the Mallards' first baseman is just playing four feet to his right, Sam Crail is probably the hero 
in a potential comeback win, which would have given him sole possession of first place. I agree with you. as one heck of a week for Sam Crail. Got to give shout-outs to Jordan Bowersox, 467 average this week. Jonathan Foster hit a home run again, 412 average, four RBIs. Jared Miller, how about this, 267 average. is is a solid week for Jared Miller, almost upping his batting average by 100 points from the season total. But the big number from Jared Miller, nine RBIs, nine RBIs over the last seven days. He's one of the RBI leaders on this team. That's a guy who's just batting at about 200 for the season. Miller has been coming out big with runners in scoring position. Yeah, with runners in scoring position, I don't know if there's many guys you want at the plate right now more than Jared Miller. For whatever reason, he has been stepping up in those scenarios, not trying to do too much. He knows his strength as a hitter is just line drives back up the middle. If he's executing and on time with his swing, he's got a clean swing and can hit a lot of good pitching. We've seen him do it with runners on base all year. That just continued this week. Multiple big-time hits. Good switch hitter is Jared Miller. The pitcher of the week has to be Mason Shinneberry, Brian. Shinneberry, five innings pitched, all in relief. One win, one save, zero ERA, six strikeouts. He was absolutely dominant out of the pen. Mason Shinneberry continues to be one of the most effective bullpen arms in the Northwoods League. Mason Shinneberry is a guy who came in in a couple clutch situations and got big outs for the Growlers. He is a great command of that fastball, and everything you said, Lucas, is spot on. He had a great week out of the bullpen for these Growlers and an arm to trust moving forward. Well, we had an opportunity to sit down with a guy who did not have the best week, but he's one of the emotional leaders on the team, one of the more lighthearted guys, and one of the best raw prospects, a top 500 prospect in the 2017 Major League Draft, was not selected because of his commitment to Georgia. Ivan Johnson, the Growler shortstop, we had an opportunity, I had an opportunity to sit down with Ivan and have a very, very good conversation. We'll go ahead and send it to that interview with Ivan Johnson. Brian and I will break down the upcoming week for the Kalamazoo Growlers, which will be the end of the first half after the interview with Ivan Johnson. Hey there, Growlers fans. I'm sitting here with Kalamazoo Growler shortstop Ivan Johnson. The Georgia man, Ivan, fans have been having a lot of fun watching you in Homer Striker Field. We're glad we could get you on the podcast. Yeah, no, anytime. I'm really excited to do it. You know, my guys, I'm kind of in the broadcasting major myself, so this is fun to get on and kind of test it out. Oh, yeah, and as a baseball player, I mean, that's got to be a thought way after your career. I mean, you were top 500 prospect in the country coming out of high school, but it's it's. I love seeing you in broadcast journalism. I think that can be a lot of fun for you um, down the line after you completed a Hall of Fame Major League career, right? Right, yeah, no, that's definitely the plan. <laughs> stay in the sport. I can't imagine my life without baseball, so I, I can't imagine a job without it. So even if it doesn't end up in the Hall of Fame, I still would love to talk about baseball every day. So Atlanta, are you from – Downtown Atlanta, around Atlanta, where are you from? From I'm actually in the city, so nice. I'm in the southwest part of Atlanta, born and raised. So, But you said you're not a big basketball, so you're not a Hawks fan? You don't like the Hawks? No, not at all. Just LeBron. Anything LeBron, I'm on it. But the <laughs> Hawks, no, I don't really care. But you're an Atlanta Braves fan, right? True, true. They okay. just, it's tough to be an Atlanta sport anything fan. They're brutal. That's but true. Falcons? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's tough, tough. Super Bowl. That was brutal. That was <laughs> and then, you know, we botched it in Athens, too. So, yep. It's been a rough, rough, probably a year and a half, but, you know, we're on the come up. That's the good part. We made it there. Yeah, that's so. good. That's good. Okay, so I gotta, I'm going to get it out of the way. I got to ask. It's been a rough week for you. 083 batting average, two for 24, but you're hitting some balls hard. And you said it yourself, you're not striking out a lot. 
you feel comfortable at the plate still? Is it just one of those weeks that just nothing goes your way and you think it's going to turn around pretty quickly? Yeah, I mean, I, I expected to hit a road, road bump at some point. You know, just every baseball's a sport where everything's not going to go your way. I mean, I've hit some balls hard. They just haven't fallen. And for me, as long as I'm seeing the ball well, not not striking out, it's just a matter of changing a couple of things here and there, and then the, the hits will start to fall again. I'm not really worried about it. But in the field, you're still looking comfortable as ever. At what age did you realize – that you were pretty good at baseball. Like, at what age did people start telling you, yeah, you're you're really good at this sport? Well, according to my mom, when I was in T-ball, like, I was – my sliding abilities were just top-notch. And, I mean, <laughs> pretty much from there on, when I was really young, I just decided, like, baseball's fun. I'm good at it. I mean, why don't I just kind of sell out to it? And it's been cruising every day. I never really thought of playing football or basketball. I just always loved playing baseball, so I'm just kind of sticking with that. So were you always a shortstop growing up, or were you ever a center fielder or anything like that? No, I actually started out in the outfield, center field, left field, and then um, probably around 12 or 13 started moving in the infield. It was kind of – it's a tough transition oh, yeah. going from just kind of chilling out there. You yeah. got to be ready every play in the infield. But, no, I definitely flip it, love it now, love the infield, and the outfield is kind of like, ah, but, you know, it's still fun. I just love being out there, to be honest with you. So this is a fun group of guys, and you're one of the most fun group of guys. Fun loving, we see you laughing. What's that thing you do in center field? Fans will see this if they watch Northwoods League TV stream, or if they're ever at Homer Striker Field, or whenever you and Zach make a play, you guys look at each other and you like get low and do some. What what is that between you and Zach Daniels? Uh, just a way to kind of stay engaged. Everyone has their thing with one outs, two outs, just kind of telling each other, you know, how many we got. Just a way to stay alert. And I mean, me and Zach just decided to put a little twist on it. I mean, you can see. Everybody kind of has their own little thing. So you're, like, team. showing the outs or you're, like, one out? Yeah, or? just one out or two outs and just kind of putting a little flair on it. I just feel like it's fun for him, fun for me. We just kind of stay involved and keep it fun. I mean, that's that's what we're out here for. So you're a big guy that thinks your success in baseball, especially over a long season, is relying on you having fun on the field. Absolutely. You're going to fail. I mean, that's baseball. You hit, you get three hits and ten at-bats and you're a Hall of Famer. So, I mean, 70% of the time you're going to fail. And they can be through some frustrating moments. I mean – but one of the things that makes you more successful is being able to bounce back from that and just kind of having a very short memory. So being fun and having that type of relationship on the field definitely kind of helps you just relax and play ball. Yeah, I, I really have enjoyed your attitude about all those things, and you're one of my favorite players to watch in the field, 100% especially. Switch hitting, another one of those things that you and I have talked about. When did, when did that really start for you? Were you just able at T-ball? Were you able to hit left side, right side? Are you Do you write with your hands? Like, do you write papers right-handed or left-handed? No, I'm definitely right-handed everything. Right-handed everything, yep. everything. It just – one of those days my dad kind of talked me into, hey, why don't you check out the left? I know hitting left, right on right or left on left for natural guys is kind of tough. Why don't you, you know, just kind of see over there and see how you do. And actually my brother, older brother, was actually really good at it growing up when he still played, but – I'm just kind of a late bloomer with it, and I didn't really start doing it until 13. And that's when really, there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound. You're gonna hit left-handed, and then from there on, it's just been kind of, you're gonna fail at it. I mean, it's tough, but hey, go do it. It's fun. So yeah, and you've gotten pretty good at it. Um, yeah. Batted 364 uh, for the Mustangs as a junior. Did you have fun in high school? Did you like your high school athletics? Were, were you? I mean, I'm sure you were a stud out there, and you guys won a lot of games. Yeah. Right? No, it's definitely fun. I mean, um. High school is definitely where you kind of just – it's your you're going to see them in class. So, hey, I might as well have fun with them throughout oh, the yeah. day. So, it's definitely a fun time. So, moving forward with this team, it's a tough road trip. Mm. You've got 
a loss already to Fond du Lac to begin the road trip, a tough loss, now lost back-to-back games. These next five days are going to be brutal. You've got a doubleheader on the road in the middle of it, three separate cities, including Rockford where you guys have struggled already. How are you going to be, one, a leader on the team in the clubhouse, trying to keep all the guys up, and you yourself mentally trying to keep focused and steady and ready to go? Um, I mean, we're all a resilient group. I mean, we know our abilities. I mean, after we got swept in Rockford, we ripped off 11 straight. So we know we're very capable of it. I think at this point it's just kind of, yeah, we're not back in Kalamazoo. Yeah, it's not. We're not sleeping in our own beds, but who cares? Like, let's just go out and do it. We know we have the ability to shoot, win the rest of this road trip, and I think, honestly, we're going to do it. Great team, great group of guys. I know we're just – just hit a little snag in the road, a couple, two games. But, I mean, like I said, after we lost back-to-back, we ripped off 11, so who knows. Oh, Ivan Johnson confident here. <laughs> I love it. 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 So, Donovan Clark, you guys built a great relationship. He's in Lafayette now. Um, with the Aviators in the Prospect League. Don't know if we'll see Donovan again, but we very well could. But any other guys on the team outside of Zach Daniels, because we talked about that, right. and who else? Who else on the team have you built a really good relationship with that you know, even though you might go to rival schools mm. in college, you might play against them in collegiate ball, but those are going to be your boys probably for a long time, and you'll always remember this summer with them. Man, I mean, everybody really. Kamen Richardson is one of my good friends now. Sam Faith up the middle. A lot of the infielders, we kind of stay oh, yeah. close together. We know, I mean, it's a grind. And everyone's all kind of in it together. I don't think I really dislike anybody on the team, really. We yeah. all just kind of stick together and get on each other's nerves and have fun with each other. And that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. So we all enjoy it. And uh, I'd probably have to say, yeah, Kamen and Sam, those those dudes are kind of, we're kind of bonding a little bit. Awesome. And you, we were talking yesterday and you said that on Sunday in that tough loss against Madison six to four in that late inning game Sam Crail throws out somebody at the plate the you said the crowd felt like it does at Georgia sometimes it felt like an SEC crowd so a lot of respect to the fans at Homer Stryker Field and how loud they can get oh absolutely they they get electric and I mean you can definitely feel it you kind of take a second to look up in the crowd I mean it's it's packed and the way they roar sometimes is unbelievable. I think we have the best best crowd out here. I mean, from what I've seen, we we're kicking everybody's butt in that department. Uh-huh. And I mean, like I said, yeah, in Athens we we get great crowds, and I mean it's very similar in Kalamazoo. Do you ever? Are you ever out on the field? Do you ever like think about how maybe fortunate you've been, or obviously you've worked very hard to get to where you are? But do you ever look out and go, man, I can't believe I'm right now. I'm a shortstop on this field, and there's thousands of people watching me play baseball oh absolutely I mean every kid millions of kids grow up and they want to you know play professional baseball I think it's everybody's goal and sometimes I just think to myself this is the as closest as I've been to playing professional baseball in my life and I mean that's just an awesome feeling I know there's millions of kids who like to be in my shoes and it's just a testament to you know hard work and also just a little bit of ability but kind of just taking it and run with it and selling out to it well, Ivan, it was a joy to have you on the podcast. We really enjoyed it. Um, let's go out. Let's see what you guys are capable of this week. I'm sure that after talking with us, it's going to give you some good mojo moving forward in the oh, week, yeah. Oh, yeah. and you're going to turn around um, the little bit of a slump you've been on. We really appreciate you having you on. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Anytime. That was Ivan Johnson on Growling Talk. Ivan Johnson, broadcast journalism major. What an interview he was, Brian. He was uh, very smooth to talk to. I was able to 
be right next to you guys when you were interviewing him, Lucas, and that was a great conversation. He has a lot of very good thoughts about hitting and just about where he is and just a very positive attitude moving forward despite struggling a bit over the last week, really has high hopes for himself and this team. Well, that type of attitude is what can propel him throughout the many levels of baseball that he has to ascend in his career. You can't make it in professional baseball unless you have that type of attitude because you're going to have two for 24 stretches no matter how good of a prospect you are. And he is going to break out of this stretch at some point. He's too good of a hitter from both sides of the plate not to break out. He set up a couple balls hard during that stretch, but is able to just keep his mind looking forward, keeps a great positive attitude, and knows that there's going to be failure, and just doesn't let that affect him. He obviously lets it motivate him to try to get better, but does not overthink about it too much, just allows himself to move forward with the ball game and continues to play great defense at shortstop. So nine games left in this first half for all the teams in the Northwoods League. Specifically, we're looking at the Madison Mallards, the team two games ahead of the Kalamazoo Growlers. Remember, this is a two-half league, so the winner of the North Division and the South Division in this first half will clinch a spot and a home game in the playoffs come August. That could be huge for the Kalamazoo Growlers. They're in range. Two games back with nine left has definitely been done many, many times in the history of baseball. The problem, Brian, is the schedule. The problem is the schedule. We look ahead at the next week for this Kalamazoo Growler squad on the road tonight on Tuesday against Fondy, and then on the road against the Wisconsin Rapids Raptors, a team at 13-13 and on the year, on the road again against Rockford. That Rapids game, the game against the Wisconsin Rapids Raptors, that is a doubleheader, 12-05-7-05, and that one on the road at Rockford, who is 15-12 and and only six games back. And then two again, home again against Fondy. And then home against Rockford to conclude the first half. It's all teams in the top half of the South Division. Most of them on the road. It's going to be a grind for this team to get wins out of this week. And then you look at the Madison Mallard schedule. And they are at Wisconsin Rapids. They have a tough home away doubleheader against Rockford. But then they are home and home against the Wisconsin Woodchucks who are in last place. Then home and home against the Green Bay Bullfrogs, who are 10 and 17, and then a home and home against the Wisconsin Rapids Raptors, who are only 13 and 13, and the Mallards have had their number all year. As a commentator, as somebody that analyzes sports, you and I look at that, look at the talent of the teams. We understand it's even, but you look at the reality of the situation and that the Growlers are two games back with nine left. And as an objective, Sports commentator, it's very hard to say that the Growlers are going to be able to overcome this. The odds are stacked, not in their favor. Yeah, the odds say it's going to be the Mallards. I think that when you look at their schedule, it's going to be very interesting how they handle those home-and-homes because, well, it's not a true road trip. still going to be a lot of time on the bus shuttling back and forth from Madison to other places. So I'm very intrigued to see how they're going to handle that. We don't really go on many of those, being in Kalamazoo, far away from most other teams besides Battle Creek, definitely something to follow there. But just the strength of schedule is definitely tougher for the Growlers. A lot of the teams they play, all the teams they play, Fond du Lac, Wisconsin Rapids, and Rockford, have all been tough games for the Growlers this year. They were swept by the Rockford Rivets. They're 0-1 so far against Fond du Lac. But they've had, they, they were able to play well against the Rapids Rafters 
It'll be very interesting how they perform against some of these teams on the road. But then those final four games of this first half all come at Homer Striker Field. I think that is going to be a huge four-game set because this Growlers team, while Fond du Lac and Rockford are tough opponents, has been playing so well at Homer Striker Field right now, especially late in these ballgames. When they're at home in front of those 3,000 fans, it just feels like they're going to win some ballgames. So I think that there is a lot of question marks moving forward. On paper, it looks like it's Madison's to lose right now. Based on the schedule, they're up two games. But I wouldn't rule out a late run from the Growlers in those last four home games. Yeah, and this team is talented enough to overcome all those odds, to overcome tough road trips, to overcome doubleheaders, and still somehow end up winning all of these games in this entire stretch. That is entirely possible. They have the talent. I just it's, it's so hard to see, especially with how well the Mallards have been playing. But the Growlers, they have an opportunity to pull off history. They can be the winningest team in a half in Kalamazoo Growlers history. They can set themselves up easily for a wild card berth in the overall record, be way out ahead of the rest of the division in terms of that race, having to finish in the top four by the end of the season to make a playoff spot in the South Division. All those things are still accomplishable, and I don't think by any stretch of the imagination is it a failure if they can't win this first half. You and I said on the first podcast, talking with Cody Pachaki, that this team is going to be a second-half squad. They are going to be a team built for the second half, a team that's going to get its footing, it's going to get its comfort. Young guys are going to get adjusted to the wood bats, to the environment, to the pitching and they are going to surge in the second half. I think the second half is the one that's built for the Growlers. The fact they're only two games back in the first half, and we're talking about them even having an opportunity of clinching a playoff spot by July 3rd, is such a testament to what this coaching staff, the recruitment, and all the things the Growlers have done this offseason leading into this historic run. While there was optimism at the beginning of this year, I don't think anyone thought we'd be sitting here on June 26th talking about being two games back in first place and sending it 19-8 and overall. That is just a great record for these Growlers to start this season, and they have been playing such good baseball overall. It surprised many people across the Northwoods League, and people still aren't recognizing, I think, even how talented this group is, and it's that talent level that just gives you confidence moving forward in the second half for everyone around this team and this organization. It's going to be fun. Let's talk about record predictions. Yeah, I just love this half system because this makes this nine-game stretch really intriguing and really fun. We will be scoreboard watching. So we're going to do a fun thing today, Brian. We're going to go through the schedule, do a record prediction for the Growlers over the next nine games, and then we're going to do a record prediction for the Mallards over the next nine games and see where we come out here at the end of it all. Okay, Kalamazoo at Fond du Lac tonight, at Wisconsin Rapids, a doubleheader. At Rockford, home against Fond du Lac, then home against Rockford. Your record prediction over that nine-game stretch. I think the first five here on the road, I think there's a very real chance this team goes three and two, even possibly four and one. The Rapids Rafters are really struggling right now. That's a doubleheader, definitely an interesting one to keep an eye on there. It's those home games that I think then are going to be so important. The Growlers are going to know where they're at in the standings. Lots might depend on where Madison's at. But I think those are some winnable ball games. I think there's a real chance this team goes six and three, maybe even if they play better on the road, seven and two in this last nine game stretch. A lot depends on the pitching they get. The pitching has started to fall off just a tad lately. But if these arms can come out and throw 
really well or even just above average. This offense is absolutely crushing the ball right now. I think there's a real chance this team, even if this road stretch is so difficult, could really go 6-3 and three to 7-2 and two down the stretch here. I said 6-3. and three. I think that there's just going to be a couple games they drop on the road, but I think it's realistic that 5-4 and four happens. I think it's realistic that 8-1 and one happens. I think all those are realistic permutations, but I'm going to go with 6-3 and three over this next week. For the Mallards, I think they are going to be very tough over this next stretch. They have a two-game lead, so you and I said they go 6-3. and three. So to win that first half, this Mallard squad would have to fall back three games on the Kalamazoo Growlers, meaning they'd have to have a three and six next nine games. They are on the road against Wisconsin Rapids, then a home road doubleheader against Rockford, then home and home against the Woodchucks, home and home against the Bullfrogs, and home and home against the Wisconsin Rapids Rafters. I don't think it's realistic to expect this team to go three and six over the next nine games, the way the Mallards have been playing all year. They've lost six games through the first 27, it's hard to expect them to lose six out of nine. But crazier things have happened. I, I would completely agree with you. It's going to be very surprising if Madison drops anything more than four or five games. And if they drop four, if they go five and four down the stretch here, that's a surprise. I think that it's likely they win a lot of these games. Probably, if you're taking the odds, they are the heavy favorite right now to win the first half in this South Division. But if you're the Growlers, you can't focus too much on that. Madison playing great baseball right now. You know you are just as good a team as Madison. You just took them, split in a game series. And you just happened to play field. them early in the year when they had all their guys and you didn't. Yeah, and so I think the second half is where you have to be, take care of what you can do here. Try to win as many of these games on the stretch as you can. If you catch them, great. You have a playoff spot clinched. If not, you are still way up on the rest of this division, it seems, at this point. If you can take care of business against Fond du Lac, Rockford, and the Rapids Rafters, you're way up going into the second half. Then you just continue to play your brand of baseball, hitting very well and good pitching, and I think you are putting yourself in a great position for a second-half run at the division, second-half division title. And if not that, you are set up perfectly for one of those two wild-card spots, potentially. It'll be exciting. It'll be fun to watch. We've got a pennant race over the next week. Make sure you listen to Brian and I over the road trip, mixlr.com slash kzoo-growlers. Please listen to all the Growlers action. You can follow this team. They're a lot of fun. We had a bunch of fun this week, Brian. Should be an exciting one. I'm excited to watch it with you and enjoy what is going to be hopefully a winning road trip with this ball club. It's going to be a fun next little stretch here. This team is playing some good baseball. They've gone on this two-game skid, but this group is playing such good baseball, and they it's really fun to see them come together. I'm excited to see them play with you as well, Lucas, and hopefully that they can make a run here at the end of this first half. It's been fun. Another edition of Growler Talk in the books. We thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you're on iTunes, please subscribe and visit growlerstickets.com. You know you want to come and see this team play. They're very talented, and they are very fun. For Brian McLaughlin, I'm Lucas Moore. This has been Growler Talk. We'll talk to you next week and seeing where the Growlers finished in that first half.